You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 183. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, my friend. How are you today? All right, so if you're noticing that the sound is a little bit different today, I am recording out of town in Southern California where I am visiting friends. Now, as a side note, totally unrelated to this podcast, I often remark about how amazing my friends are, how they are so willing to help me when I need it or arrange a nice place to meet up or pay for dinner for me. I mentally pinch myself every time my friends do something sweet for me. I have to remind myself that I must be an amazing friend too, or they wouldn't do those things for me. I arrange dinners and places to meet. I drop everything when they really need me. I listen. So if you notice yourself mentally mentally pinching yourself, know that you have a part in creating those amazing friendships, even if you can't see it. And I want to connect this with your law practice. Remember that when you make money, get clients, or you make more billable hours, you get more in than you thought you would, know that it is not a fluke. You made that. Even if you don't believe that right now, take your brain to the place where you might have created that. So for instance, I had a call recently and the attorney I spoke to said she had a good year because it was a fluke. Like she just had money kind of fall in her lap. (laughs) And money is never a fluke. You have to train your brain to see what created it. What were you thinking the months, the weeks, the days before you made it? What were you feeling the months, the weeks, the days before you created that? What actions were you taking? What did you do from those feelings and those thoughts? When I work with clients, I help them connect the dots between what they think is a fluke and how to create it intentionally so they can repeat their success. We create their personal recipe for success. And then I show them how to repeat that success over and over again. When you are ready to do that, book a call with me to learn more about how we can work together. You can book a call at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. And this is the perfect time to learn your recipe. So you can take it into the new year and make things happen. This is doable and I can show you how. Book a call with me and make the next year the year you take control of your practice. Speaking of the new year, I have a lot of good stuff for you to dig into if you're working on your goals. First, I don't know if you've noticed a theme lately, but I've been preparing you over the last several episodes with the skills you need to work on in your business for your goals in the new year. We've been talking about belief planning, essential skills to prevent you from overworking, expanding your vision, and these have been awesome episodes for entrepreneurial lawyers and for lawyers who are looking to change things in their life. If you haven't listened to them, I highly suggest you go back and do that. Additionally, I have some episodes planned in the next few weeks specifically on deciding your goal 
how to think about your goal and how to take action on it coming up. So be sure you are subscribed, subscribed wherever you are listening to your podcast. Okay, one more thing before we dive into today's topic. I created a mini podcast guide for you and I curated some of the best episodes on topics like money, business, goals, time management, and I'm going to link to that in the show notes along with the other episodes that I just mentioned. You can get all of this at dinacataldo.com forward slash 183. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash 183. All right, let's simplify your practice. This episode is for you, whether you work for someone else or run your own practice, you can easily tailor each of these for your specific needs. I work with my clients on these because sometimes they don't even notice that they're not doing these things. They fall into their old habits and then I check in with them and they realize that they stopped doing one of these things and that's totally okay. Just know that these skills are habits and just check in with yourself every so often to see that you're doing these consistently. I have these like they were on my calendar for a really long time and then they just started to become second nature. So the more you practice this, the easier it becomes. And when you take a look at your practice and you ask yourself how you can use these skills in your practice, know that simplifying your practice isn't just about doing something nice like clearing your desk, which is a nice to have, but not always on the top of your to-do list. What I'm offering you today are necessities. They are necessities because if you don't use these skills, you're throwing away time that you could otherwise spend thinking about how to serve your clients, creating billables, getting real work done towards your goal instead of spinning out, and they just feel really good. And when you do these things, you're going to feel more in control. You're going to be able to have a say in how you run your day. Okay, so let's jump into these. Number one on the list is edit your calendar. Not everything needs to get done and not everything needs to get done by you. When my clients come to me, often they spend a lot of time doing non-essential tasks. They're doing a lot of work with little monetary or emotional return. This doesn't mean go out and hire an assistant or an associate. Um, (laughs) You've got to understand your back end of your practice before you can explain the back end to anyone else. So don't throw your money at an assistant or a paralegal and expect them to fix the problem. It's a waste of time and money and you're going to resent them for not fixing it the way that you wanted it fixed. And I do see this show up though. I see this show up with um, partners. I see this show up with um, the people who want to delegate work, who maybe who already have assistants. So for instance, they're doing work that, you know, at their billable hour, it's just crazy to be, to be working on a project when it's just a task that can be assigned to a lower level associate. So just know that that's something that may apply to you. Um, This is really how you know you need to edit your calendar. So for example, you might get distracted during your day and find yourself posting lots of links to LinkedIn without a strategy. (laughs) Or maybe you think about making a spreadsheet to track a stat in your business, but that statistic isn't going to make an impact on your bottom line. It's not going to give you any more money. It's just going to take you a lot of your time and it's going to feel important. It's going to feel like you're doing something. Or maybe you have a million ideas about how to meet your goal and you take action on one, then a little bit on another, then another, but you're not really getting any traction. 
It would show up for me when I made a giant to-do list and then sat in overwhelm looking at it. I'd ask myself where to start and end up doing very little on the list and then spend a lot of time beating myself up for being lazy. So that really wasn't helpful. The reason you need to edit your calendar before you take any action is that doing this helps you develop a strategy for the work that aligns with your goals and is the most impactful towards them. If your goal is to create five new clients this month or make 140 hours in billable or get two trials out, you can focus your brain on choosing the one goal you want to move forward on this month. Step one in this is having a calendar. If you don't have one, I highly suggest you watch the calendar masterclass I did and I'll link to that in the show notes too. The very first thing you do before you get to work each week is you write what your brain is telling you that you need to do and then you just stop believing it. (laughs) So write down everything and the kitchen sink that your brain is telling you to do. My brain likes to tell me I have to do everything that week, that I gotta clean the garage, I've gotta make sure I give my dog a bath, I've gotta like do all of this stuff, but it's not true. So I cross off everything that's not important to me. Cleaning the garage is not important to me. Helping more clients is. Watching TV isn't important to me. Getting a workout isn't, is, right? Like you get to choose what you want to prioritize. You get to decide ahead of time whether being on social media is important to you. If it is, then you show up on LinkedIn with a plan of what to post. How is this particular piece of content serving your clients? Are you making an offer? Think about those things instead of just posting randomly. And you can decide whether that spreadsheet is going to help you attract more clients, right? You can, is this spreadsheet going to contribute to the bottom line in my business? Like, is this really going to do that? Or is this just busy work? You can have time to sit and think about what one or two marketing strategies you want to follow through on instead of believing your brain that's telling you that you need to do a thousand things. Try it follow through on it, objectively evaluate the results, then you can make a new decision on how to move forward. But you've just got to take it one at a time and stop believing your brain telling you that you've got to do all the things, okay? You got to ruthlessly eliminate all the clutter on your to-do list and stop believing your brain when it tells you that you need to do more. That's a hard one, and I'm not saying that that's super easy, but you've gotta really pay attention to it and just say, oh, is my brain just telling me I've gotta do more because it's it's just chatter in my brain? Or am I doing exactly what I want to be doing right now towards my goal? And when you get really specific on your goal, it's very easy to take actions in alignment with your goal. Step two, stop hustling and learn to trust yourself. How do you feel when you're hustling? Do you feel fulfilled? Anxious, pressured, overwhelmed? Now, if it's one of the last three, hustling is not working for you. And when we hustle and overwork, I talk up and, and I talked about overwork in the last episode, we are not doing the most impactful work. When we hustle, we don't believe the result we want is guaranteed. We're not having faith, we're not trusting in ourselves, we're not paying attention to the goal and we don't trust ourselves to deliver on the goal. When we don't trust ourselves, we don't start the day with a plan. Instead, we jump in believing if we work hard all day, everything's just going to get done. And when 5 p.m. hits and it's not done, we think we just didn't hustle hard enough. 
enough with this hustle culture, okay? And this is something that permeates the, the legal culture generally. Use your calendar and edit it for what's necessary. When you do, you could focus on the most impactful tasks in your practice that day, and everything else is just a cherry on top. All right, number three, decide what enough means to you. A symptom of overworking is what I like to call never enough syndrome. What does enough mean to you? If you think enough means that you don't have any more emails in your inbox or that you don't have any work in your physical inbox, I've got news for you. All that means is that you no longer have work to get paid for. Does that change anything for you, like how you think about what enough is? Like, what does enough mean for you? Like, seriously, answer that question for yourself. When my clients are overworking, I help them focus their brain to decide what enough means to them. My enough is always tied to my goal. So I decide ahead of time what enough action looks like because I don't want to be in hustle. I like feeling ease. I like feeling like I know, like I feel in control of my week, even when I'm not, right? Like it's just a mental fiction that I create for, <laughs> for myself that I'm in control, but it feels really good. And what I decide is that if something happens, like let's say I, I've had my dog who's been having some health issues recently, right? He's okay, don't worry. But he's been having some issues and that like kind of turns my, my clock upside down, right? Like I don't get the sleep that I want, you know, like the things that are usually very much well within my control just aren't in my control and that's normal. Like the, the uh, illusion of control is what I like to create for myself and then I'm okay when something happens. I just make it mean like, oh, that's not a problem. I'll figure it out. I will decide what the most important actions are for me this week. I edit my calendar even more and I decide, okay, look, this is not the week when I do five Instagram posts and I create five videos and I'm doing my my podcasts that I want, right? Like that may just not work that way and that's fine. I just make that decision. I decide how many offers I'm going to make. I decide where I'm going to show up online and that might just change if something like that comes up and I'm okay with that. But when I fulfilled whatever my definition of enough is, then anything more I do is just extra. I can tell my brain I did enough and that is just, the rest of it is just for fun. Okay, so the good news is, is that you get to decide what enough looks like for you. Get specific. How many tasks, projects, calls, offers do you need to make today to tell yourself that you've done enough? It might just be one or two things, but you get to decide. Okay, number four, celebrate your wins. Sometimes my clients, and I will admit I do this myself too, resist celebrating wins. But why does celebrating simplify your practice? Well, let me tell you. When we don't celebrate our wins, we waste a ton of time. We make it impossible for them to reach, like we make it impossible for us to reach the finish line because we keep pushing the finish line further and further away without celebrating the progress that we've made so far. And this shows up, for instance, when we get a new client, but then we tell ourselves, you know what, but it's not two clients, my goal is two clients, right? Or when we get a ton of consults and no one signs, and then we tell ourselves something has gone wrong instead of objectively looking at what brought in the consult and why the consult didn't sign. 
And when we celebrate what's going right, then we can get our brain in the headspace of objectively evaluating so we can make progress towards our goals instead of spinning out. When our brain is not in a good headspace, it wants to blame and it wants to eat Doritos. It doesn't want to problem solve. It wants to wallow. Celebrating wins gets the feeling of accomplishment in our nervous system. The more we feel accomplishment and pride in our work, the more we are going to want to keep taking action towards our goals. And it's more fun. And of course, if it's more fun, we're going to take more action towards our goals instead that's going to lead to more success. Ignoring our wins discourages us from continuing towards our goal. The natural impact of that is that we don't take the action that's going to bring us more wins. Now, you know you need to celebrate your wins if you tell yourself money is a fluke. You give other people credit for your wins instead of owning them. You focus your brain on what you did wrong. You find yourself in disappointment a lot of the time and don't want to take action. And you feel like you're in hustle energy a lot. And if any of this is happening, just notice it. There's no judgment necessary here. Nothing has gone wrong. Our brains are naturally set in survival mode. And that means in its twisted way that this pressure that it's creating, this denial of celebration, it believes that that is going to help you. But it's not helping. It's not protecting we have to do the work of focusing our brain, our prefrontal cortex, which is what it is for, on celebrating our wins. So when I see a client whose brain wants to be hard on them when they think they failed, I remind them, if we're going to take 100% responsibility of what we think we did wrong, then we better be prepared to take 100% responsibility of what went right. So be kind to yourself. Celebrate your wins. Not only does it make the journey more fun, but that energy is infectious. Everyone wants to be around you. And of course, that is fun. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you have a fabulous rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon. Be sure to go to dinacataldo.com forward slash 183 because I'm going to list all those resources I talked about. And this is going to give you a head start on planning your year, okay? Because when you start really looking at your goal, you start getting crystal clear on it and you start making decisions, then you will be able to make the most impactful decisions towards what you want. And when you implement these things that we talked about today, simplifying your practice and what I talked about in the last few episodes, you're gonna make it a lot easier on yourself next year. Okay, my friend, I will talk to you next week. Bye.